0: We have to get to that place where the spirit of God is the one that is directing our life, that he is the one that is driving everything in our life, that it ends up resulting in a display of power. What's going on, everybody? God bless you. Welcome back to Unlocking Scripture. I'm your host, Justin Torres. And what we're going to be diving into today is going to be a direct Bible study out of Second Timothy chapter 2 and it's important that we take time to not only read the bible but to study the bible dive underneath the surface of scripture and start to draw out some of the meanings that we miss when we just read the bible and just kind of skim over things you know I, i truly believe and know for certain that every word that was placed in the word of god was there by particular design you know the holy spirit is the one that inspired the text and when you take time to really study your word and really analyze what the scripture is saying, not only do you draw out the insight, you draw out the meaning, but you also make connections with the rest of the Bible. This book is is really 66 books from different authors during different time periods, yet it is all unified into one story. That main focal point of story is salvation through Christ Jesus, our Lord, and it's interesting and more than anything, it just shows how real God is when you see how all these things come together and how the word of God is consistent. So we're gonna be diving into Second Timothy chapter two today. And what this is mainly gonna focus on is two things. And they both tie together is one being a good soldier of Christ Jesus. That's one of the subheadings I'm reading out of the ESV. And the second part is a worker that is approved by God. In my church, um our theme for the year is being a worker in his harvest we believe that god has called us as his body to be the hands and feet of jesus in our city and our mission is to reach people by being a display of the gospel we want to be people that demonstrate jesus not just you know say it with our lips but show it in our life testimony you know the bible actually says and paul is the one that says it that the kingdom of god is not a matter of talk but of power And so our purpose as Christians, and this is something I teach at my church, is that we have to get to that place where the Spirit of God is the one that is directing our life, that He is the one that is driving everything in our life, that it ends up resulting in a display of power, a display of Christ. Our lives should reflect Jesus. That is what it means to be a Christian, is to be like Christ. And so 2 Timothy not only goes through that, But it goes through it in a sense of like, you are a servant of God. You are a servant that belongs to the body of Christ. So how as a servant can you be your best? How can you be a good soldier of Christ? How can you be a worker that God approves and it gives us these guidelines? So we're going to read the chapter and we're going to go line by line and break down as much as we can. And really allow the word of God to minister to us today. So here we go on first one. And I'm reading out of the, out of the uh, ESV version. It says, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules it is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops think over what i say for the lord will give you understanding in everything remember jesus christ risen from the dead the offspring of david has preached in my gospel for which i am suffering bound with chains as a criminal but the word of god is not bound therefore i endure everything for the sake of the elect that they also may obtain the salvation That is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. So we're just going to stop there. That's half of it. And I want to talk about this section here. This is about being a good soldier of Christ Jesus. The first thing that Paul says is, you then my child. So he's specifically talking to Timothy, but take this for you. You then my child, you are a child of God. Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now it's easy to say, be strengthened by God. We probably say that to a lot of people that we know, just let God be your strength. And yeah, amen. But it says, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, if we take a moment to just understand the grace that comes from Jesus, his his mercy, the joy that he gives us, the peace that surpasses understanding, how he says that he came to destroy the works of the enemy, to give us life and life in abundance. And if we go down that whole list and we, we take a moment to reflect on the grace of God, the grace of Christ, we can be strengthened by that. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We get that joy from the grace that is in christ jesus so be strengthened by his grace verse 2 says and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust the faithful men so what we can give over to other people is true doctrine true teaching of the word of god there's two things the bible teaches us it tells us to minister it tells us to teach others and to disciple others But it also says, don't cast your pearls amongst pigs. And it's interesting to me, when you look at those two types of verses, how Paul says, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men. Almost as if he's saying, like, you're going to have a a certain group of people that are going to demonstrate faithfulness. And those people really double down on just lifting them up, double down on discipling them, double down on bringing them up into being disciples of Christ. And so that's important. We need to be preaching the gospel to everyone and we need to be discipling people. And as we continue on that verse, it says, who will be able to teach others also. And that just kind of goes along with what I was just saying is that there's certain faithful people that have a lot of potential that they will also be someone that would disciple other people. So we want to raise those people up. Verse 3 says, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. That one there is important for us to take in because if you call yourself a soldier in the kingdom, there's gonna be guaranteed suffering that's coming our way. Just as a Christian alone, we're guaranteed suffering. If we live for Christ, we're guaranteed it. If he suffered, why shouldn't we suffer? How will we avoid suffering if we're truly walking with God? We're not gonna avoid suffering. And the Bible teaches us about suffering. It actually tells us things that suffering actually produces something. It allows us to become more humble. It causes us to deny our flesh. It causes us to cling to God. So many things. And that's another topic that we can share. But suffering as a Christian is essential. And it's something that is guaranteed. So we need to share in that suffering with the brethren. The Bible teaches us to be joyful when others are joyful and to stand in the gap when others are not doing so well that we shed tears with them so we bear one another's burdens and so that's how we share as a good soldier uh, and share in suffering as a good soldier of christ now listen to this it says no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him and that verse, out of everything in this chapter, that's probably one of my favorite verses. And it gets l- looked over a lot, but in reality, no soldier—we're talking about the actual military. There's not a soldier that's able to get involved in just civilian pursuits, things that you know concern the rest of the civilian population. They're not to get into that mix. Their aim is to please their branch of military service, their commanders, their leadership. That is their focus, that is their aim, and that's what they're accountable to, ultimately. Not everybody that serves in the military is probably desiring to please their commanders or their leaders, but they're accountable to. Now, in Christ, our desire should be to want to please God, and we are accountable to pleasing God. And so to do that, we need to actually separate ourselves from the busybody things. Things that don't concern the kingdom. Things that are distractions. I'll give an example. There's many things, but senseless talk is probably one of the bigger ones. Gossip, murmuring, complaining, and getting involved in having conversations that are idle. Conversations that don't produce anything positive. Anything fruitful. Those are things that we need to avoid. And maybe even hanging out with the wrong crowd. I mean, there's a list of things. But severely in pursuits, we need to think about that. We can't, as good soldiers of Christ, get entangled in these things. Rather, our focus needs to be on pleasing God because he is the one that enlists us. He is the one that called us to him. Our focus needs to be on pleasing him. Verse 5 says, And an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Every athlete has to play by the rules that are that are governing that game that they're participating in now when we look at the word of god we have to be obedient to it that is the rule book that we're playing by and in order to actually receive this crown of life we have to do and live according to the according to what jesus said and that's all found in his word and we need to actually live like that obedience to christ so we can't expect to enter into the kingdom of god if we don't live according to so what the bible says will even get us into the kingdom salvation in christ being obedient to him fearing god if we don't have some of these things in our life or all those things rather you're not going to get in if you live by the flesh you're not going to get in you need to be walking by the spirit so just as an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules we can't be crowned unless we come We live our lives according to what the Word of God says. Six, it says, It is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David as preached in my gospel for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the Word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also... May obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Now, I just find it interesting that Paul is writing this number one from prison, which that that already is, you know, a big deal. That's an achievement in itself. He's writing this from prison, and then add to it that he says that it's worth it because he's doing this for the sake of the elect. He's doing this, or he's allowing this to even happen to himself in order so that other people can be saved because he's doing everything in his power to get the message of Jesus out in this time period and if that means being chained up if that means going to prison if that means getting flogged getting beaten he's willing to go through all the hardship for the sake of getting the gospel message to the unsaved and if I'm being transparent I can only say God bring me to that level of willingness because these are some very tough things We always want to say we're willing to die for the gospel. We're willing to go to jail. But when it actually comes knocking on your door, do you still believe that? Are you still going to do that? And, you know, we want to believe the answer is yes, but most of us have not been through that. In my church, we're blessed to have, um, we're blessed to actually have a branch that's in Pakistan. And they tell us things all the time about the immense amount of persecution that goes on. In that country and they endured some serious hardships that we don't know here or have experienced in the states and this is hardships that's directed at christians and these are things that we haven't experienced over here our country has not been this way and so i can't even imagine what they've been through but i see their perseverance that regardless of the persecution they continue to lead more and more people to christ we've seen thousands of people come to the faith in that country as a result of their work and as a good soldier of christ we need to be able to not only ask god give us that heart for the souls that we will be able to or be willing to endure hardship for the sake of the mission and the sake of the gospel message that's what we need that's what we need god to to give to us and we need that willingness and let's just keep going Verse 11, it says, the saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. I also find it interesting. It says that if we have died with him, we will also live with him. That's something that most of us know. If we surrender our life to Jesus, and we live a life dead to the flesh, dead to ourselves, denying ourselves, and living for Christ... You know, we're going to have eternal life for him. We're going to live with him. And if we endure the suffering, we will also reign with him. It says if we deny him, he also will deny us. But if we are faithless, he remains faithful. And for that, we can give God praise because even in times where we're unfaithful, times where, you know, we just throw in the towel for a short moment. We're like, you know what, I'm weak and and I can't do this right now. In those moments, God is still faithful. He doesn't change. He doesn't waver. And he's still there and he's still able to raise us up. But this is why it says, for he cannot deny himself. So when he says that, you know, I cannot deny myself, he can't deny himself. It's because it's bigger than us. What he's called us to do is bigger than us. And that's just put a little bit of fear in us even because It says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. That also means that if we continue in unfaithfulness, the show keeps going because he remains faithful. So that means if he needs to get a replacement, he'll do that. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be replaced by God. So if I have a faithless moment, Lord, help me get back up. The Bible tells us that the the Spirit of God is is willing and able to to carry us up again and so we need to get to that place holy spirit come into my heart and come start working and give him give me strength again because i'm weak at this moment and i don't want god to replace me i want god to continue to use me now we get into the section that is a worker approved by god and this is verse 14 it says remind them of these things and charge them before god Not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. That, out of many other scriptures in the Bible, continues to press upon the fact that the things that you say not only have a huge impact to you and other people, but God is holding us accountable to it. And we really need to be careful about the way we use our tongues. We need to be careful about the idle talk, about complaining, about gossiping, murmuring, backbiting. We got to really, really turn away from these things because these words are going to be held against us. And we're going to be held accountable by the things that we say. So it says, remind them of these things and charge them before God. So to hold people accountable about the things that they say before God. It says, not to quarrel about words which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. That's something big to really take in right now is that our speech and the way that we talk, it's it's not a, it's not a walk in a park. God takes it very serious, whether it's, you know, foul language, lying, gossiping. We have to analyze what we say. And that even goes for when you're upset. Because we're quick to excuse ourselves, oh, I was upset when I said what I said and I, and I didn't mean it. But if you continue to repeat those same ways you're not repenting you can have a moment of weakness where you might say things you don't mean to somebody or talk in a way that you don't mean in a moment of weakness but you can't continue to have that same moment of weakness eventually that has to become a strength you have to repent you have to die to your flesh turn away and ask the spirit to work in you in that area so that if it happens again your response becomes more and more price-like every time it doesn't continue to be a weakness that just ends up being an excuse but god doesn't call us or, or wants us to live in those excuses no god wants us to overcome 15 says do your best to present yourself to god as one approved a worker who has no need to be ashamed rightly handling the word of truth but avoid irreverent babble for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. You know, Jesus says that if you are a stumbling block to somebody, that you're better off tying a millstone to your neck and casting yourself into the sea. And this is what Paul says, but avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. If you're leading people into ungodliness, you're leading them away from from Christ, which will cost them, their souls. It will cost their salvation. And so you will be a stumbling block by your irreverent babble. And that's why it's so important that we guard our speech. The Bible says that the one who preserves their tongue preserves their life. And you can read about that in Proverbs. Proverbs alone has so many verses about guarding your lips, about watching your speech. And Paul is just echoing all those things. But we see the seriousness of it when we see that it can lead people into ungodliness, and not just ungodliness, but more and more ungodliness, meaning that it can graduate. People's behaviors can become ungodly, can become sinful as a result of some of the things that you say. There's people that I hear online that make it that make an excuse and say that it's okay to be a Christian and have foul language, that it's okay to be a Christian and curse, and then it's not okay. I don't care what anybody says because the word of God is true. The word of God tells us, let no irreverent Bible come from your mouth. And so when we, when we demonstrate those things and tell people that it's okay, guess what? The next person that's listening to that starts to live in that. And guess what? They become ungodly as a result of the things that you allow and say that are okay. And that's why it's important that we guard our lips. We guard our tongue verse 17 and their tank will spread like gangrene among them are Hymenius and philatus who have swerved from the truth saying that the resurrection has already happened see there was deception going on people saying things that cause deception they are upsetting the faith of some but god's firm foundation stands bearing this seal the lord knows those who are his and let everyone who names the name of the lord depart from iniquity you see god calls us to holiness that's why again when we bring it back to speech that your tongue might come in filthy but it needs to leave holy we need to live in holiness because god calls us to depart from iniquity which is to depart from a lifestyle of sin so sin is not excusable sin is not permissible we all need to be constantly walking in repentance Calling on God to clean us. Verse 20 says, Now in a great house there are are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Now notice that he's talking about the house what is the house today the house is the church and in that house there are vessels of gold and silver which would be people living right and there's also vessels of wood and clay people who are not living right some for honorable use some for dishonorable so even in the same mix of people you're going to have people that truly are looking for god in that church And there's also going to be people in your church that are just there as bodies, that are not really looking for God. Jesus had 12 disciples, yet one of them was a devil, is what he said. So, in you're talking about the actual physical Jesus, the son of God, in his midst, there was one person who had absolutely no interest in really getting his life right with God. He was there for the benefit, because the Bible says that Judas was a treasurer and that he was steel. So Judas, before the betrayal, was long already living in a way that wasn't glorifying God. He, he'd been shown his true colors from a long time ago. And he thought Jesus never caught on. Jesus knew everything. And just the same way now, there's people in church that are not living right, that may present that they're living right. And they think that God doesn't notice it. And God sees it all. And that that alone to me is fearful because... There's going to come a day where we'll stand before him and all of these things will come out to light and we want to be the ones that jesus says welcome good and faithful servant you do that by being a vessel of gold and of silver of honorable use now with that said you'll see that god is merciful because on 21 it says therefore if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable he will be a vessel for honorable use set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So you can come in and not be walking with God or just doing things right. But if you repent and you humble yourself and you seek God, it says that if you cleanse yourself from what is dishonorable, that you will be a vessel for honorable use and God will take you in. He will set you apart as holy and you will be useful to the master of that house. And you'll be ready for every good work. So you're, you're going through this transition process. You're going through repentance. And God will accept you. And God will make you useful. 22, it says, So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the, on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies you know that they breed quarrels and the lord's servant must not be quarrelsome but kind to everyone able to teach patiently enduring evil correcting his opponents with gentleness god may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will let's take a look at that a little bit more closely it says, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the name, uh, who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So, not only should you avoid the things of this world, youthful passions, avoid the flesh, avoid things that pull you away from God, but on the active side, because we're not called to be passive. On the active side of our faith, we are to be pursuing righteousness, pursuing faith, pursuing love and peace. And not alone, but it says along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So we need to actually flock together with genuine believers, people who truly demonstrate that they love God, they bear good fruit. And we need to connect with these people and walk together with them in this pursuit of righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. That, again, goes back to what we were talking about with the, with the tongue. But if you look at, like, for example, things on YouTube, things of the news, there's one that has been driving me crazy for a while, and that's this whole thing with little Nas X and his mockery and whatever it is that he's doing. The world is going to continue to be the world. Does it make it acceptable? Absolutely not. Should Christians come against it? Of course. But should we focus on these things? The world is going to continue to be the world. These things have to happen. They were already happening when Jesus walked in the flesh here. Jesus was mocked all the way on to the point of the cross. Of course, he's going to continue to be mocked. The Bible says we will be persecuted for his name's sake. So we will be part of that mockery. It doesn't change anything. They're going to continue to do what they do. And we're going to continue to do what we do and continue to be more than conquerors so getting away from the controversies the things that are idle talk the things that only continue to bring more and more arguments these are not salvation issues these are not things that even pull us closer to god what the world does and what the music and the hollywood industry does all the ungodliness it is the world that we're looking at so we can't expect the world to do godly things the world is controlled by the God of this world, Satan. So what is he going to do? Well, he does best. He's going to mock God. And that's why on our end, we live for Christ to demonstrate him. So we just got to continue just doing that, just living for the Lord, glorifying him in everything that we do. And if we go on verse 24, it says, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil. So there you have it you got to be kind to everyone that's kind of a given but we also need to be able to teach Which means that we need to be proficient in the word of god and proficient in righteousness but look at the last thing it says patiently enduring evil i i think that this i mean this little phrase is like tucked in there pretty subtly and that clearly goes overlooked is that a lot of times we're quick to chop things down but at the end of the day these people are souls too And they need salvation. So we need to be patiently enduring evil, which is definitely a difficult ask, a difficult request nonetheless. But we look to Christ for every example that he was even on the cross and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. That's patiently enduring evil. There is nothing more evil than crucifying the Son of God. So he's our example for it all. 25. Correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. So if we recap on everything. A good soldier of Christ, someone who doesn't get involved and the civilian pursues the things that don't matter. But is focused on pleasing the one who enlists him god someone who's focused on doing whatever it takes to do god's will to do his work and to glorify him and abstains from things that are just not of god and we tie that into a work or approval by god and that's being somebody who's living in integrity someone who's living in holiness someone who is not again getting involved in the things that don't matter but is patiently enduring evil seeking god and demonstrating god and everything about their characteristics so and i hope this has been an encouragement to you this is a great book of the bible to read i encourage that you study it it's a a new testament book and we are a new testament body of christ new testament church so we really need to allow ourselves to work on our character and get more closer to demonstrating Christ in our character. And we do that by just understanding who He is, getting into the Bible and studying it for what it is and allowing it to change and transform us. So if you like this, go ahead, you know, subscribe to this channel, leave a like, leave a review, and share this with somebody else. And we'll see you on the next one. God bless you.